All right, we'll open up to uh, Genesis chapter 1, if you would. We're going to talk tonight about uh, young earth views. Last week, we talked about old earth views. Sorry about the noise. There we go. Um, so we talked a few weeks ago about just kind of what's going on with, with this whole topic. Um, how old is creation? What's the, what are the options? Kind of what's the problem that, that, that we see here that we're trying to answer? And so I told you there was a guy that lived in the late 1500s, early 1600s, or to mid-1600s. His name was James Usher. He was a Christian. He was a believer. He was a, uh, a Protestant leader of the Church of Ireland. And uh, he published this, this book. It was actually published right after he died. He was working on it. And they got it published, uh, I think, a year or maybe two years after he had passed away. Uh, but it was a history of the world. It was called the Annals of History. Um, so the years of history. And, and it was, he, he was seeking to go all the way back to the very beginning. And so in doing that, he used the genealogies in Kings. Um, he started with the, with the 586 date, the, day that the, the year that the Babylonians conquered uh, Judah. And he started working backwards by, uh, by calculating the, the years that different kings reigned and, and when they died and then the next king became king. And so he just kept working backwards like that through uh, the records of the kings and then through the genealogies. And he said that the earth was created, God created the earth in 4004 BC, right? And then he went even further and said it was October 23rd, 4004 BC. And then he went even further and said it was, uh, I think it was 6 p.m., right? Uh, on... Uh, on October 3rd, yeah, October 23rd, 4004 BC at 6 p.m. And he said he could figure all that up just by using the genealogies and then looking at when the first day of, uh, of autumn was for, for that year, 4004 BC, and then the Sunday, because creation started on a Sunday because the Sabbath was on a Saturday. And so he figured up, he said, uh, October 23rd, 4004 BC at 6 p.m. There was another guy that lived right after him. He was born in the, in, in the early to mid-1600s and died uh, about 30 years or so after uh, Bishop Usher, Usher died. His name was uh, Nicholas Steno, and he was also a bishop. He was a Catholic bishop, uh, and he uh, developed this idea of stratification, right, Geneal, uh, geological stratification. And, and we looked at some pictures of this um, that first week. Um, if you would put up the... Uh, the one that's like the orange cliff face up, please. And so if you, if you look at rocks, if you kind of cut rocks, if you can think about it kind of like, like tree rings, right? How if you cut, a, cut a, 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 a rock in half or if you are able to see like a cliff face of, of rocks, you can see different levels that have, that have settled to create the rock. And so in this picture, you can see the, the horizontal lines that go through it. And, and, and so he says those are different layers. Um, if you will put up the one that's kind of like a drawing, like a cartoon type drawing. Yeah. So that, that's a drawing where you can see. Like, and, and his theory was that as uh, over time, different uh, sediments, different soils, different uh, fossils, different things uh, settled on the, on the earth and they created layers. Right? And just like tree rings, if you cut a tree down, you can start at the center and work your way out. And those rings will let you see the growth over time. And you can age the tree by that growth, right? Um, and so he said the same thing about the earth. That if you look at those, those layers, those strata, that's why it's called stratification. Because each layer is called a stratum or, or collectively strata. And so you, you, can, you can date the earth that way. And, and he was able to do that. He, he, he tried to do that. Um, and using his, his method... His um, hypothesis, he came up with 
uh, a date of um, of the of the Earth, and then later it was built built on and and developed further. And so today, scientists using this method say that the Earth is about four and a half billion years old, and the universe is about uh, 13.8 billion years old. So there's a big difference between four and a half billion and 4004 BC, about six to 10,000. Right? There's a there's a big difference there. And so we talked about a little bit about uh, kind of what the Bible says and, and, and the way different people look at what the Bible says. And so people that have kind of an old earth view, um, they look at the, at the Bible, at the early chapters of Genesis, and they say, see, if you look at the fourth day, uh, that's when the sun and the moon and the stars were created, right? But light was created on day one, and, uh, and, and the, the, um, the waters were separated on day two, and the land was, was there on, on day three. And so these different things are happening, and it says that it's the first day, the second day, the third day, but it couldn't be like a 24-hour day like we think of because there was no sun yet. There was no moon yet. There were no stars yet. They weren't made until day four. So these, this couldn't be like a 24-hour day. Um, and then they also talked about how, uh, how these fossils and these oil deposits and things like this, where did they come from? Right? You wouldn't have had enough time just for a few thousand years to create the oil deposits, the natural gas deposits, the fossils that we find today. Uh, the young earth, people that hold a young earth view, they say, well, you know, let's be honest, October 23rd, 4004 BC at 6 p.m. might be a little too specific. We don't want to go all the way there with this, with this guy Usher. But if you, if you read the Bible, it seems like it's saying that there's seven days, and it seems like it's saying it, it was pretty, pretty recent, right? I mean, it says evening and morning on each day, and so that sounds like a regular day. It says day one, day two, day three, day four, and so on, and it seems like a, like a regular day. Uh, another question that, that people that, that view, a, view the earth as pretty young ask is, what, what about death? If the earth is several billion years old, that means that Adam and Eve weren't, weren't created or didn't evolve or didn't come to be until many, many, many years after the earth was first created, and you have animals and, and bacteria and all these different living things that are, that are alive before Adam and Eve. And so how, how is it that they're dying when the Bible says that death entered in because of Adam and Eve's sin? So how are they dying before sin happened, right? These are some questions that people that hold to a young earth ask. And so, uh, so last week we looked at some old earth views and some people that think the earth is old and they said, uh, you know, we think the earth is old, but here's how we try to explain why the Bible might seem like it. It says the earth is pretty young. And so today we want to do the same thing. Tonight we want to do the same thing, but opposite. We want to look at some young earth views and we want to answer the question, if the earth is really young, if the earth is only a few thousand years old, uh, 6,000 years old, 10,000 years old, something like that, why does it appear to be so old? Or, or why is it that people who think the earth is old can make such a case um, based, on, based on the looks and, and, and that kind of thing? And so I want to I kind of answer two questions first or, or give a young earth answer to two questions first and then look at three views that, that young earth people put forward to, to explain some things, okay? And so the first one has to do with this, this geological stratification that we were talking about before, okay? And so we had those two pictures up. Um, can we put the other, the other one now? It's like a collage with several pictures together. One of the problems with this idea of, of geological stratification, these different layers that developed over many, many years, many millions of years, is that there's some, there's some uh, places where these layers are found. You can see several pictures there. Um, you can go to the next one, if you would, please. It's, it's a more close-up, so you can kind of see a little bit better what's going on. Yeah, so it, it's kind of sideways, but you see what's happening is you have this, these rocks layers that form, but often you'll find in those rock layers, uh, 
you'll find trees, petrified trees that are standing upright. And so if, the, if these layers are all formed over millions and millions and millions of years, well, how do you explain the trees being there? Did the tree stand there for millions of years as this dirt and rocks and different things built up around it and it didn't rot? How did, how did, how did that happen? Right? How is it that these trees are standing upright? And then there's some other things. Sometimes you might find there's one place um, that I found online where someone had found a whale that was in a rock like that, standing up on its tail, right? Um, and this rock had formed all around it. There's another one that was supposedly a, a catfish where the same thing, it was upright and these layers had formed around it. So if, if it really took millions of years or billions of years for these different rock layers to form, how do you explain these things that are kind of disrupting those layers that are standing in, um, in, in the middle of it? Um, another, another question for, for, for this idea of, uh, of stratification is um, there was a, there, there's a volcano in, uh, in Washington State, right, near Seattle called Mount St. Helens. And in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted, okay? Between the time of 1980 to 2009, where that lava had, had fallen, there was 600 feet of new rock layers that formed. And so you know that those formed over about 30 years, so if it only took 30 years for 600 feet of these rock layers to form, then what does that say about these other rock layers that supposedly took millions and millions of years to form? Maybe those rock layers are not necessarily um, time-specific like the tree rings, and, and maybe it doesn't take as long for, for some of those rock layers to form, depending on how they're formed and what causes them to form and, and things like that, because they know that in this one partic particular case, there's a cliff that's about 600 feet tall and they know it took about 30 years for that to form from 1980 to 2009. So maybe that happens a little bit faster than maybe, maybe they thought. Another question uh, to answer is this idea of radiometric dating, okay? And we didn't talk about that last week. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of time. Um, and we're not gonna talk about it a whole lot tonight because I'm not an expert in it and it gets kind of complicated. But, but here, here's what happens. You may have heard of like carbon dating where, where scientists use or historians use carbon dating to date certain rocks or fossils sometimes. Well, here's just very generally and very um, elementary, here, here's how that works. They, they take carbon-14, which is a, a radioactive isotope of carbon, okay, and, uh, and they use other things too. So like carbon will decompose into nitrogen. Carbon-14 will decompose into nitrogen. Uranium will decompose into lead. Potassium will decompose into argon, okay? And so what happens is these, uh, these radioactive isotopes, they, they're unstable. That's what, that's what makes them radioactive, right? And so they decay over time and turn into these other things. They lose neutrons, which turns them from a carbon atom into a nitrogen, or to a, um, yeah, nitrogen atom, or from uranium to lead, or potassium to, to argon, okay? And so the way they date this is, is each of these elements, each of these radioactive isotopes has a half-life is what it's called, and there's a certain number of amount of time, certain number of years that it takes for half of what's there to decay, right? So if you start out with a thousand atoms and, and say the half-life is 30 years, then in 30 years, there'll only be 50 atoms, right? And then in 30 more years, there'll only be 25 atoms, and in 30 more years, there'll only be 12 and a half, and 30, I don't know if you can have a half an atom, but in, in, 20, in 30 more years, it'll be you know six and whatever it is, six and three quarters, whatever that would be, right? But every so many years, and it's much, it's much longer time spans than that, it's hundreds of years that this takes. But, but so they, so they, they use that to date. They say, well, here's, here's this rock we found, and here's how much uh, carbon-14 is in there, and here's how much nitrogen is in there. So how much time would it have taken for that nitrogen, to, for that carbon to decompose and, and turn into that much nitrogen, right? That's how, that's how carbon dating is, 
works. Very, very simply, very elementary. If you were to look it up and study it more, you'd probably find all, all kinds of stuff that I didn't explain uh, in, in enough detail or 100% or, or, uh, correct or whatever. But generally, that's how that process works. And so that's how they, they date things. They, they say, how much of this is there and how much of that is there and how long did it take for this to turn into that? And, and that's how they date it, right? Um, well, there's some, there's some problems with that. And one of the problems, one of the main problems is that there's lots of assumptions to begin with, right? So you get a rock that has so much carbon-14 in it and so much uh, nitrogen in it, and you're trying to figure out, well, how long did it take for, for, for that nitrogen to come about? But what they're assuming is there was no nitrogen there to begin with, right? They don't know when the rock was first formed. They don't know how much carbon-14 was there. They don't know how much nitrogen was already there, right? They also don't know, uh, they're making assumptions about how, uh, how that decaying process um, that, the, that, the, that the half-life was uh, consistent for the whole time, right? It may be, maybe for a million years, if we're, gonna, if we're gonna look at the old Earth view, maybe for a million years, the half-life of carbon-14 was 250 years, and then something happened in the atmosphere, and for the next two million years, it was, uh, it was 300. Uh, the half-life was 300 years, right? And, and so they're, they're assuming these things about, uh, about this. And, and we can see that there are problems with that because... Uh, again, we'll, we'll take Mount St. Helens as an example. Again, uh, Mount St. Helens erupted in 1980, right? And when, when it erupted, the lava came out, the lava cooled off and formed rocks. Um, and in, in 1986, uh, there were some rocks that were formed where the, where the crust had, had recrusted over, the volcano recrusted over. And so they took some rocks from that, from that area and they sent them off to a lab to be dated using radiometric dating, right? And what it came back with is it said that those rocks were between 500,000 and 2.8 million years old, right? Well, they knew they were only a, a few years old, maybe 20 years old or so. I think this was in 2001 or 2002 that it happened. They knew that the rocks were only about 20 years old because they knew they formed in 1980 when the volcano erupted. And so they're saying if, if, if the dating system is wrong for these rocks, then maybe the dating system is wrong for other, other rocks and other fossils. Maybe, maybe the dating system can't be, can't be trusted that much, right? Another example is they've taken uh, the same rocks or the same fossils and they've used carbon-14 dating and they've also used uh, potassium-argon dating or uranium-lead dating or some other type of, of isotope that decays. They, they, they've dated them using different elements and they come back with different dates. <coughs> you would think that if a rock was a certain age, then no matter, how, no, no matter whether you measured how much carbon had turned into lead or how much potassium, had, how much uh, uranium had turned into lead or how much um, potassium had turned into argon, you would think that that would all be the same if the rock's the same age. But, but when they've done these tests, they've gotten vastly different ages for the same material, rock or, or fossil or whatever it might be. Right? And, and so people who, who think the earth is young, they, they kind of look at, at the old earth view and they say, well, you know, here's some problems that, that you have in your view. These things maybe can't always be trusted the way that you're presenting them, right? And so uh, thinking from a, from a young earth perspective, what are some explanations that the young earth people give for why the earth might look older than it is, okay? If the earth is only a few thousand years old, why does it appear in some ways like it might be older? And so the, the first view, I think, is, is, um, is not really, um, not a legitimate view, not a view that believers can hold. Remember last week we looked at a couple um, old earth views that, that we said were kind of out of the bounds. Believers shouldn't hold these, but I'll tell you about them anyway. And so the first one is um, the view that fossils were planted, okay? The view that fossils were planted. Um, and, and depending on who has this view, 
uh, which, which group of young earth believers has this view, um, they might say that God planted the fossils there and he put them there as a way to test people's faith, right? So it looks like it's older, it looks like these things were there, uh, but God, the, the Bible says that it's young, and so are you going to believe what you see, or are you going to believe what the Bible says? Kind of a way to, to test people's faith. I don't think this is a good view. don't think it's a legitimate view. don't think it's a, it's, it's a view that believers can hold, but there's some who, who do. Um, on the other side of that, the, kind of the flip side of that, there are people who, who also, these are also believers, or, or say that they're believers, who think the earth is young, and they, they have the same view that the fossils uh, and things were planted there, but they think that they were planted there by Satan as a way to try to trick people, try to get people to not believe in God. Um, and so there really weren't any such thing as dinosaurs. Dinosaurs never really existed, but those dinosaur bones were put there by Satan to try to trick people into, uh, into not believing what the Bible says about creation, okay? Now, I, I think that's outside the bounds also. I don't think that's what happened. Um, but, but there are people who think that, that the fossils were, were planted. Um, as far as... Uh, legitimate views go, views that, are, that, are, that we're open to believe, I think. Uh, there, there are two views that, that young earth people hold that I think are, are legitimate. And the first one is called the mature creation theory, or the mature creation view, okay? The mature creation view. And the mature creation view says if you look at Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, we're, we're not told how much time passes between Genesis 1 and 2 and Genesis 3, right? Um, but it seems like, if you, if you read it, it seems like uh, Adam and Eve were not created as infants, right? It seems like God created Adam and Eve, but it seems like when he made them, they weren't infants. He didn't create them as babies, right? They, they, they weren't dependent on someone else to take care of them. He, he spoke with Adam, and he gave Adam commandments. Um, it says that he took the rib out of Adam's side and, and created the woman out of that. And, and so it seems like he's not... He's not dealing with babies. It seems like when he created Adam and Eve, he created them as mature humans, right? And so if Adam and Eve, uh, you know, the day after God created them, they, they might have been only two days old or three days old, but they would have looked like they were 20 years old or 30 years old or, or whatever it might be, right? Older than two or three days. And so the, the theory goes, if, if God made Adam and Eve this way, then the rest of creation was created mature as well. And so this is why the earth would look older than what, it, than what maybe it really is, right? Just like Adam and Eve might have looked like they were, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years old, but they were really only two or three days old, the same way with the, with the universe. And so what this means is if you, if you look at animals, right? God didn't create the animals as babies. He created them as, as full-grown animals. The plants, God didn't create the plants as, as, as you know, seedlings. He created the plants as full-grown plants. And, and, and there's lots of, there, there's lots of um, uh, that, that, that part makes sense, especially the plants parts, because we're told that they're eating from the garden. And so very quickly after they're born or created, very quickly after Adam and Eve are created, they're eating from the garden, which means the garden is already producing fruit. And if you think about how long, how long it takes a, a fruit tree to produce fruit, it doesn't, usually it doesn't even produce fruit in its first season. It usually has to grow and mature before it starts crea- uh, producing fruit. Um, even, even like vegetables in a garden, uh, they don't produce fruit the next day after they're planted. It usually takes a season at least, uh, several weeks or several months before their uh, fruit on, on, those, uh, on those plants are ready to eat. <coughs> and so it look, the, the plants look like they're older than, than maybe they really are. 
And then, and then they say the same thing about the heavens and about the planets and about the stars and about the sun and the moon, that, that yeah, God created the sun, God created the stars, God created the moon, uh, but he didn't, create, he didn't create them as infant stars or planets or, or moons or whatever. He created them as full in, in their, you know, stars and suns and things have life cycles where they, uh, where they're, they're born and they, and they grow and then they burn out and all those kind of things. And so he created them uh, as mature um, objects, okay? And so some people say, some of the older earth view people say, well, you know, the earth can't be millions of, or can't be just a few thousand years old because if we look at how far these stars are away from earth, we look at how far the earth is away, or the sun is away from earth, the moon is away from earth, and we know what the speed of light is, if God created everything on, on the same, in, in the same week, there would not have been time for the, the light from, even if God created the sun on day four and then made Adam and Eve on day six, just like the Bible says, there would not have been time enough for the light from the sun to get to earth in two days, right? Because of how the speed of light works and because of the distances between these, these bodies. And, and the young earth person, especially the, the mature creation uh, theorist, would say, well, no, God created the sun and the moon and the stars and those kind of things, but God also created the light of those things. And so when God created the sun, he also created the light uh, so that we were able to see the sun, so that the sun comes to, to the earth at that point. And, and, and we might even go back to day one where, where light was created even before the stars, the moon, and sun were created. So, so we don't even need them to have the light. God created the light there um, First, but, and then this would also perhaps apply to uh, to things like canyons and mountains and things like that. One of the oldest position is that you know look at something like the Grand Canyon. It would have taken millions and millions of years for the Colorado River to uh, to cut through that and, and create that canyon. Um, and, and the mature earth believer would say, "Well, no, God created that canyon when He created the earth. He didn't create the earth as a smooth smooth ball like a marble. Um, he created the earth with." these geographic features, mountains and canyons and rivers and lakes and all those kind of things, right? So the, so the mature creation theory is, is one view that young earth people uh, put forward. <clears throat> A second theory that, that young earth people put forward is the flood theory, okay? And so the flood theory says that if there really was a global flood in the days of Noah, like the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, uh, and, and, and on, if there really was a global flood, then that would explain a lot of the features on earth that people think require the earth to be really old, okay? And so something like the Grand Canyon could have possibly been cut by the, by the floodwaters as they're receding from, from the earth, okay? But it also answers some other questions. So the, the stratification question that we talked about a minute ago where you have those different layers with the, with the tree there in, standing upright in front of them or in, in the midst of them. Um, the, the flood theory people, the, the young earth believers say that, that it makes sense that the tree would be standing upright in those, in, those, uh, in those fossil layers because those fossil layers weren't created gradually over millions of years. Those fossil layers, there really is stratification, there really is those layers, but those layers were created very quickly when the floodwaters receded, right? And I started to do this, but I, but I didn't. But if you take a, take a mason jar, Okay, and you put some some big rocks in it. Then you put some gravel in it. You put some little little uh, you know small pebbles in it. Um, then you put some dirt in there. Maybe some potting soil. Maybe some like harder dirt, like clay type dirt. 
put some sand in there, and then you and then you fill it full of water. Okay? And you shake it up real good, get all that stuff mixed up, shake it up really good, and then you set it down on a table or somewhere and just let it sit there. Over time, what's gonna happen? All those different things are gonna settle in the in the jar, right? The the heavy rocks are gonna be at the bottom, and then the lighter rocks, and then the smaller rocks, and then the, the heavier dirt, and then the other dirt, and then the sand, and, and it's gonna settle in, in those layers like that. And so people who, who believe in the, in the flood theory say, that's exactly what happened. That's how those layers got there. There are layers in the rocks, but they didn't get there over millions and millions of years. They got there when, when the flood receded and all that, all that stuff settled uh, and, and became compacted and, uh, and dried out and, and formed rocks. And, that may, and they would say, see, and that makes sense why you would have a tree standing upright in the middle of that. Because if, if the floodwaters recede and you've got all that mud and dirt and stuff there and, and the tree stuck there, then it would stick there until that stuff dries out and, and, and becomes rocks. And so they say it's not there because it took millions of years for it to get there. It's there because, um, it's there because the, the floodwaters receded rapidly. It all settled and, and then hardened. Um, an, another... Um, uh, another thing they say is that with this stratification, if you look at the different rock layers, <coughs> oftentimes you'll find fossils in the same layer that don't that, that shouldn't really go together. You'll find some in some in some layers you find fossils of land animals and sea animals at the same time, right? Well, it, it would make sense if if maybe there are parts of uh, of the earth that used to have water on it that are not on that, that's not there now, right? We know that happens. There, there are parts of uh, of um, you know there there are dry lake beds and dry river beds and things like that. And we know over time there was some places that had rivers or lakes or whatever and don't anymore. So it would make sense if you if you find in those in those fossil records if you find uh, you know sea creatures or fish fish bones or whatever it might be because there used to be a, a lake there, used to be a river there, right? But what doesn't make sense is why would you find, uh, if, if the idea of stratification is that those are, are, are placed there over millions of years, like the um, old earth view says, it doesn't make sense that you would find those um, aquatic animals and land animals in the same layer. Because what that would mean is that they live there at the same time. Well, how could a fish and a land animal live there at the same time? It makes sense they could live there at different times because maybe at one time there was a river and that's when the, the, the fish lived there and then later it was dried up and that's when the land animal died there, right, or, or lived there. But, but why would they be in the same layer? They couldn't have, it couldn't be dry land and a lake at the same time, right? Does that make sense? So it doesn't make sense that they would be in the same layer. So, um, so, 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 but, but they would say the flood does explain that because the flood explains why you would have fish and land animals in, in the same layer if they were both in the flood and they both died in the flood and then when the waters receded, they were both left in that same layer together, right? Another, uh, another thing that the people that, that hold to the flood theory say is that it also, they say this also explains uh, the oil deposits and, and the natural gas deposits. We talked about that last week. One of the things that old earth people say is, um, if the earth is not if the earth is not very old, if it's only a few thousand years old, then how do we have all these uh, all these deposits of oil and natural gas and things under underground? Because what what happens the way that you get oil and natural gas deposits is you have animals that lived or other other living uh, material plants and things like that that lived, and then they died. And as, as, they, as their bodies broke down, they created these oil deposits, right? So a lot of people think that all this oil came from a lot of dinosaurs that died and, and were breaking down. But they say the way that that process happens is um, it, it, it take, it, it, it's created by pressure and time. So if you have pressure, 
and you have a lots of time, millions and millions of years, then obviously that's how you get those, those oil deposits. But the people who believe in the flood theory, they say, well, that's true. You do need lots and lots and lots of years to get that stuff if there's relatively little pressure. But if there's lots of pressure, then you wouldn't need as much time, right? The way you create that is by pressure acting over time. So if it's less time, you would need, you would need um, more, more pressure, right? So if the earth is young, it would take more pressure to do that. Well, where does that pressure come from? And they say it's the pressure of the weight of all the water from the flood bearing down on the earth is how you get all that pressure that creates those oil deposits and natural gas deposits and things like that. And they say, see, the, the, the flood, um, if, if there really was a global flood in the time of Noah, that would explain these things that the old earth people say are unexplainable. Um, another, <clears throat> another example would be uh, the canyons and valleys and gorges and, and things like that. Um, if the way that those things are, are cut through the earth is, is by water, by rivers, well, you can take a small river like the Colorado River out, out in the Grand Canyon, and it would take a long time for a small river like that to make that big canyon, right? But again, just like with the oil and natural gas, if there's lots of water, it wouldn't take as long. And so the flood theory says that when the water was receding off the earth, the, the water went through these, these different channels, formed these different channels in, into rivers and things like that, and, and they cut these, cut, these, um, uh, cut these canyons and gorges and valleys and things like that out as they as they did. Um, another thing they say is that, you know, sometimes it doesn't take as long to create those kind of things as we might think. We look at the Grand Canyon and we say it must have taken millions and millions of years to, to create that, but we have examples of, of, uh, of valleys or, or canyons or gorges that, that, were, that were cut by water that didn't take so long. So, uh, so we take a trip almost every year to, uh, to Ecuador, right? And, and where, where our teams go in Ecuador is a, is a little place called Chicalco. It's a, it's a missionary that lives there, and he has a camp that he's built there at Chicalco. But the reason he named it Chicalco is because there used to be a city that, that was there named Chicalco. And back in, I think it was in 1949, I, I, I've heard the missionary tell this story before. Back, I think it was in 1949, there was an earthquake. And what happened was there's this big mountain, there's a, there's a volcano there, uh, there's a river that, that's there. And uh, in 1949, there was this earthquake, and when the earthquake happened, the top of the mountain fell off. Literally, the top of the mountain fell off during this earthquake. And it crushed the town of Chicago. And when he built this camp, he named it Chicago because it was on the site where this town was, right? But what he said happened was when this, when this mountain fell off, all these rocks from the mountain fell off, they fell into where the river was, and they diverted the course of the river. And so the river couldn't flow the way that it had, and the river had to change its course because it couldn't get past where the, where the mountain had fallen. And so the, so the river did. It changed its course. And what happened just over a few days or, or a few weeks was the river formed this huge gorge, this huge canyon that's there with this river at the bottom of it. And, and, and if, we've, if, if you've been to Ecuador, if you've been on these trips, you've, you've seen it. There's this huge river, whitewater rafting, and, and people go by all the time, this big river at the bottom of the camp. There's a bridge that goes across it. The missionary's house is on one side. The camp's on the other side. And it's this huge gorge, this huge canyon there. And, and there's historical record. There are people that are alive right now that remember that when that happened. And, and it only took a few days for that river to do that. And so people who believe in the flood theory say, you know, the, the floodwaters receding could have done those things. But also, oftentimes it doesn't take as long for those things to happen as we might think that it does. Um, another example of that is someone was just telling me this morning that uh, when that volcano, uh, Mount St. Helens in, in Washington, when it... Um, 
when it erupted in 1980, it did the same thing. The lava that, that came out of the volcano was, was so hot and was moving so quickly and so powerfully that it did the same thing, that just in a number of days, um, it, it cut these big, these big gorges in, in the land. And they're there now. And it, and it looks like something that might have taken a long time to do, but it only took a few days to do because of this, uh, because of this lava. I remember one of the years that, we, that, that I went to Ecuador, um, uh, one of the days we had gone to church that morning and we were doing some different things the afternoon, and we drove by this area where, uh, where a volcano had erupted a few weeks before. And you could see the same thing. It wasn't as big, I don't think, as the ones in Mount St. Helens, but you could see these, the, the, where the land had changed from what it was before, and there were these big gouges in the land, these big gorges and, and, and canyons and stuff that had been cut out of the land by, this, by, the, um, by the lava. So, that, so those things happened. And then the, uh, the people that hold to the flood theory say, um, and, and then our, our biggest argument, they say, that the biggest thing they have going for them is that it accounts for, for the biblical data without having to try to explain around it too much. If the flood theory is right, then, uh, then, it, then it really could be 24 real, literal days, seven days of 24 hours. Um, and they say, see, it says evening, it says morning each day. That sounds like a regular day. It doesn't sound like a long period of time like we talked about last week with the day age view, with that, that Hebrew word yom that can mean 24 hours or extended period. They say, well, if you read it, it says evening and morning day one, evening and morning day two. That sounds like a 24-hour day. That doesn't sound like a long age, a long period of time. Um, it also would explain how there could be humans present from the very beginning. Because remember, we said that was important. How does death happen before Adam and Eve sinned? Um, and, and, and so if the flood theory is true, that can uh, explain how humans were there from the very beginning because, uh, because the earth is not as old as it might look like. The flood explains how those, how those appearances might, uh, might come about. Um, just to, to kind of conclude and, and, and close, I want to re- reiterate what we, what we talked about the first week, or what I, what I talked about the first week. Um, there are legitimate believers, real believers, who love Jesus, love the church, uh, believe the gospel, trust in Christ, that think the earth is old, several million years old, okay? And, there, and there's some views that, that, that you can hold to and still hold that the Bible's true and, and, and explain how you think the earth is old. There's also lots of believers who love Jesus, love the church, love the world, love the gospel, hold fast to Christ, that think the earth is young. And there's some ways to, uh, to explain that, uh, to explain how the Bible fits with what the world looks like. But there's four non-negotiables that I want to reiterate again, that, that no matter what you believe, if we believe the earth is old or if you believe the earth is young, there, there are four things at least. There may be, there's probably more, but there's at least four uh, that I want to say tonight that we have to believe. Number one, no matter whether you think the earth is old or young, we all think that God created the earth, right? Whether he used... Uh, six literal days and, and spoken into existence, whether he used uh, the, the process of evolution in some way, however he did it, we all believe that God did it, okay? Number two, um, I think we have to believe that Adam and Eve were real historical people. Um, Adam and Eve were real historical people. So even if we think the earth is old and we think that God used some type of evolutionary process uh, to, to develop different life forms or whatever, Adam and Eve, I think, have to be direct creation by God. So maybe he waited a few million years and then made them, um, or, or maybe he made them on the sixth day of a, of a literal, uh, you know, seven-day, seven 24-hour day week. But either way, I think we have to think that they're real historical people that, that God created. Um, number three, I think we have to believe that Adam and Eve were the first people. There were no people that existed before Adam and Eve. They were the first two 
people. Um, and, and there's scripture for these that we talked about on the first week. If you, if you weren't here, you can go back and listen to that online. And then uh, number four, I think we have to believe that sin and death um, entered and spread through the world because of Adam and Eve's disobedience and, and death along with that, right? Sin entered the world. There was no sin until Adam and Eve, at least there was no sin in the world. You know, let's bracket out Satan and the angels in heaven, that kind of thing. But there, weren't, there was no sin on earth among humans until Adam and Eve disobeyed God and, and that brought sin into the world and that brought death into the world with it, okay? So I think as long as we hold to those four things, uh, we, can, we can have some differences on whether uh, we think the earth is old or think the earth is young or how we, how we try to square what the Bible says with what we see in, in, in the world around us as long as we hold to those, those four things, right? All right. Um, we've got about four minutes left by my, by my clock. Um, we are going to, next week, we're going to have a whole panel discussion. I think Pastor Matt's going to be gone, uh, but Pastor Jake will be here. Pastor Josh will be up here. Um, I'll be here, and, and we're going to take the whole time just taking questions, nothing but questions. Um, but I, I do want to take a few questions tonight if there's anything specifically about this that you want to bring up or ask about um, right now before we close. Anything? All right, we'll come next week uh, ready to ask, ask some questions. If you don't have any, try to think of some uh, so it's not awkward with us just sitting up here uh, looking at y'all with no one asking questions. If you, um, if, you, uh, if, if, you, if you have some questions but you're kind of embarrassed or, or kind of shy and don't want to speak up in front of everybody, that's fine. Sometime between net, this week and, and next week, write those down on a piece of paper, write them down on an index card or something like that, and you can hand those to, to us, to, to one of us, me, Jake, or Josh, uh, sometime this week or on, on Sunday, and we'll be happy to answer those questions if you're, if you're a little bit shy or whatever, don't want to speak up in front of anybody. Jake? Yeah, did y'all hear his question? He asked if I was familiar with a, a man from Central America that made rubies and diamonds um, in, in just a few weeks' time. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, mean, I, I don't think so. I don't know who you're talking about, but I have heard of, um, of scientists or gem, gemologists or whatever uh, creating artificial gems in, in the laboratory. Because, you know, diamonds are, are the same way. Diamonds are, are, are carbon, the same thing as, like, charcoal or something. But lots of pressure, heat, time... Uh, compacts that carbon into uh, into the crystal of a diamond, and and they, they have been able to do that in, in the laboratories. Um, and it's just, it's the same thing. It, it's those three ingredients, right? Pressure, time, and heat. And if you get a lot more pressure and a lot more heat, then it doesn't take as much time, right? Or if you get a if you have a lot of time, then it may not take as much pressure as much heat or whatever. But so if you can kind of control some of those variables, the same way as like making artificial pearls in a laboratory or, or something like that, right? Where you, where you can take things that happen in nature and speed the process up in these different ways, yeah. So, so, so that's a good point. So, so those gems will be the same way as like oil reserves or natural gas or something like that, where with the floodwaters on the earth pressing down on, on the earth, all that pressure um, would account for, for some of those things existing, yeah. Mr. Edgar? Yep. 
<laughs> yeah. When was Satan created? Yeah. Um, that, that's a great question. The Bible doesn't explicitly say, does it? Um, it doesn't explicitly say. He was there, uh, he was there before, obviously he was there before, and whatever happened to get him kicked out of heaven, you know, you know the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about Satan. It, it really doesn't. And we might wish it said more, but it doesn't say a whole lot. And, and a lot of things that we think the Bible says about Satan, it may not necessarily say. That, that might be stuff that we've kind of heard and accumulated through tradition over time. Uh, but the Bible itself doesn't have a whole lot explicitly, explicitly to say about Satan. Now, there's a passage in Jude that talks about, uh, it may talk about, it talks about the sons of God um, uh, not, not, uh, not respecting their, their proper place of authority, something along those lines. And, and people take that and say, well, that must have been Satan and the angels that fell with him and that kind of thing. And it's because they've tried to get out of their authority, tried to, tried to become above what they were. And there's, there's, there are a few other passages like that as well. Satan's mentioned in Job. Uh, we just got through preaching through Job here the last uh, se- several months, and, and, and Satan's in Job, so we, we read about him some there. Um, the answer is, though, we don't know when he was created, but it, but it must have been before Adam and Eve were created because he was there to tempt them when they fell, right? Now, last week when we talked about old earth positions, one of the old earth positions was the gap theory, right? And the gap theory says that in Genesis 1-1, it says that God created the heavens and the earth, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in verse 2, it says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So in chapter, in, in verse one, God creates heaven and earth. In verse two, there's this chaos that's happening, right? Formless, void. Um, and, and so people ha- have developed this theory called the gap theory. We talked about it last week. And the gap theory says there's, there's this gap of time between verse one and verse two. And something happened. In, in verse one, if God's a good God and a powerful God and, 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 uh, and he does whatever he wants to do, then why would he create a world that's void and empty and, and, uh, and formless and, and this chaotic kind of situation? Why would he make that? And so the, the gap theory people say, well, God wouldn't make it like that. He would make a good creation. So what happened was in, in Genesis 1-1, he made a good creation. And then something happened, uh, and, and, and the result of whatever happened was Verse two, that it's formless and void and empty. And then in, in verse three, he begins to take what's formless and void and empty and mold it into the creation that we see now. <clears throat> and so they say between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there's this gap of time. And something happened during that gap of time. And, and that gap of time could be millions and millions of years, could be billions of years between the time when God first made the heavens and the earth and when he formed it into what we see today, right? And so they say that's how the earth could be older than maybe, uh, that's how an old earth could fit within what the Bible says in Genesis 1, if there's this gap of time there. Um, And they also say that one thing that probably happened in that gap of time is that's when, uh, perhaps that's when the angels and Satan were created. Um, Maybe they were created before Genesis 1-1, but in that gap of time between 1-1 and 1-2 is when Satan fell, when he rebelled and fell, and that's part of what created the, that's part of what made the creation be formless and void and chaotic. And, and so, um, so young earth, people I think would say we, we don't know, but he must have been created before Adam and Eve because he's there with them. Um, old earth people would say, well, obviously he's, it's in that gap, or at least the gap theory people would say it's in that gap between verse 1-1 one, one and 1-2 one, where he was created and fell and rebelled, and that's what caused that to happen.
but we're not we're never told explicitly in the Bible I, that I'm aware of where when Satan was made, when the angels were made, uh, we're not we're not told that. Uh, Revelation does say, I believe Revelation does say that the dragon, uh, Satan, that's called the serpent from the beginning, was has been tempting people from the beginning. Um, uh, I think there's a passage in the Bible. I can't put my finger on it right now, but I think there's a passage that says that Satan was a liar from the beginning, and so it seems like he was there, you know, when when these things were happening. God created Satan before, obviously before Adam and Eve, but maybe before he started the rest of creation, but but we don't know. Do you know? <laughs> All right, anything else? All right, thank y'all so much. Next week, questions and answers. Come prepared uh, with questions and, and good discussion. Thanks. Thanks.